We're back with more Reset. I'm your host, Sasha Ann Simons. Twice a month, we bring you our series, What's That Building? We're taking you through Chicago history by way of the pavilions, temples, sky rises, and other structures that you've passed on your drive or your walk, and you thought to yourself, what is that building? Well, today, we aren't just going to one place, but several places, some forgotten, some still standing, but all connected to two people from the early years of Chicago's founding, John and Mary Jane Jones. Joining me now is Reset's architecture sleuth, Dennis Rodkin. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Sasha. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, So for those who haven't heard the names, Dennis, who were John and Mary Jane Jones? They are a fascinating couple. I called them uh, one of Chicago's first black power couples. Okay. It's a couple both born in freedom, black people born in freedom, who arrived in Chicago uh, March 11th, 1845. We're coming up on the anniversary. Uh, they again, they were born in freedom, but Chicago, uh, Illinois had black laws that prohibited blacks from moving to Illinois. They actually had paperwork that showed that proved that they were free, that they could support themselves financially. Uh, and they come to Chicago and over the course of really the next 30 years while he's still alive, 60 while she's alive, they were involved in uh, harboring fugitives from slavery in working against the black laws in recruiting people black men to fight in the civil war they were involved in so many issues it's really sort of hard to believe yeah that's wonderful well how did you stumble upon them you know what's interesting their names come up all the time when you look into uh the black laws especially which were really onerous codes that illinois had that were meant to keep Uh, black people from coming into the state and becoming so-called wards of the state. Their names come up all the time. But then I started looking around and realized, you know, we don't have, we of course have uh, places named for Dusab, but we have nothing named for John and Mary Jane Jones. Mm. Well, actually, uh, you bring up a good point. I want you to clear up an old myth about Jones College Prep. That's the Selective Enrollment High School in the Printers Row neighborhood. Is that building not named after John Jones? It is not. You will find citations online that say that uh, Jones High School is the successor to an elementary school that that John Jones funded in his will. But his will was published in the Chicago Tribune. I've read the whole thing. There's no mention of a school. And Christopher Reed, who is a scholar who has studied, who wrote a book called The First... uh, Black Black Chicago, the first century, mm-hmm. uh, he says he can find no connection between uh, John and Mary Jane Jones and Jones High School. And if you look in the right places, you see that Jones High School was named for a former educator. Before we dig into some of the um, the properties that they're associated with, Dennis, I want to go back to that fascinating story of their, their journey coming up uh, from the South. Is it true that they made their way here with just $3.50 to their name? Yes, but that's the equivalent of one hundred and thirty dollars, which <laughs> in today's dollars, right? That doesn't make them any well doesn't make them seem any wealthier. But they, yes, they they arrived in Chicago with uh, the equivalent of one hundred and thirty dollars. They had traveled by stage from Alton in southwest Illinois, and um, one of the interesting things is that a stagecoach driver who who drove them uh, pointed out that they didn't have to hide. They were able to. He he knew. One of the ways he knew they were free was that they made no attempt to hide themselves. 
So what is the couple's connection then to Madison and Wells? Let's get into some landmarks here. This is their first home in Chicago. When they got here with that $3.50, they rented a one-bedroom cottage at what is now the northeast corner. Uh, now there's a parking garage there. But at the time, um, it, at the time, it was a residential area. They went rented a little one-bedroom cottage. It was Chicago at the time is a town of twelve thousand people. When you look at the loop now, it's hard to believe that most of the city was really right there in the eighteen forties. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, that's our regular contributor Dennis Rodkin for our series What's That Building? We're talking about John and Mary Jane Jones. That's a black power couple back in the late 1800s Chicago. And we're also discussing locations and structures where they left their mark in this city. Uh, Dennis, how does the area near the Thompson Center fit into the Joneses' journey in Chicago? Well, this is where John first sets up his tailoring shop. Right at, if you're if you're standing at Randolph and Clark, it's somewhere in that block of Clark going north from Randolph. It's probably right about where the plaza is, where the Dubuffet sculpture is, but I don't know for sure. It's on that block. He rented a 130-square-foot shop where he began his tailoring business, and he also uh, pawned his watch to buy two stoves, one to heat the shop mm-hmm. and one to heat the home. Oh, wow. Which is just one of those interesting sort of, this is how it would have been in the 1840s. Very interesting. Now I, w- I want to transition to Chicago's oldest black congregation. That's Quinn Chapel AME. What was John's relation to this group? They were involved. John and Mary Jane are involved when the church is founded in 1850. Again, they, they've been in Chicago for five years at the time. They're involved there. But and, um, in 1850, when the Fugitive Slave Act was passed, Quinn AME is pushing against the, this law for pretty obvious reasons. The Fugitive Slave Act, for people who don't know, required that anyone in any state, whether it was north or south, uh, who found a fugitive from slavery mm-hmm. had to help return the person. And um, the Joneses and Quinn AME worked to fight that law. Uh, John Jones was part of what was called, the, or he was the head of the Vigilance Committee, which not only watched for white people who were acting suspicious, uh, but also sponsored petitions throughout the city calling for the law to be repealed. Mm -hmm. Interesting. The Joneses, they later formed another church, right? Yes, Olivet Baptist. Uh, We should say, by the way, uh, at the time of the Fugitive Slave Act, Quinn AME, which is now down in Bronzeville at the time in 1850, it was where the Monadnock building is today, right in the loop. Yeah. Uh, and then they also helped found Olivet Baptist, which has also moved out. Everything moved out of the loop over the years. Uh, and that, too, is down in Bronzeville. But they helped they helped found Olivet Baptist. So they're involved in two of the most historic black churches in Chicago. And you, you talked about the tailor shop that was at Clark and Randolph. They eventually took this thriving tailoring business to Washington and Dearborn. Tell us about that property. Yes. So at this point, they own property. They were not, according to Christopher Reed, they were not the first, but among the first blacks to own property in the city of Chicago uh, on the, uh, between Washington and Dearborn and Madison and Dearborn. They had property um, 
at the time, there was another street that went through the middle of the block. And uh, this was one of the things Christopher Reed points out is while we're describing this as a tailor shop, what we should say really is that it was a merchant tailor. He wasn't just you weren't going in and having a man's pants hemmed. You were having clothes manufactured and also cleaned. I've seen some of the old ads that uh, John Jones ran in the Chicago Tribune and he would he would clean, you know, you'd have only one or two suits of clothes. And he would clean them and maintain them for you as well as originally manufacturing them for you. I see. Well, as you you mentioned earlier, Dennis, John, uh, he died in 1879 and and his wife, Mary Jane, she died 30 years later. Uh, John died at their home on Ray Avenue. What is it that's now in the spot where that house used to be? It's unfortunate that this is so hard to find. Christopher Reed found it and so did the Cook County clerk. Um, there's no Ray Avenue anymore. If you go to uh, Dunbar High School at 3000 South King Drive and you go into the campus, you'll, there's an area where there are four baseball diamonds. If you go to the Northeast Baseball Diamond, that's where the Jones house was. I see. Well, it, you know, it sounds to me like they lived very full, very active lives, as you you talked about before their deaths, and Mary Jane also being involved in all those social justice movements and, and working alongside some very historical figures. But how should this couple be remembered today in Chicago and Illinois? You know what I would do, Sasha? I would either right there near that uh, that baseball diamond I mentioned or in the loop. Uh, I think it would be nice to have some sort of marker. These are people who... Uh, these are people who were held in such high esteem that uh, one of the things we haven't mentioned yet is John Jones was the first black elected official in Cook County and probably the first in the state of Illinois. He was elected a Cook County commissioner in part because there were people who said there are 18,000 black votes in Illinois and they will essentially all go Mm. to John Jones because he's held in such high regard. Uh, the fact that we don't have anything that mentions him, that we don't, for example, near that baseball diamond yeah. or uh, near the Thompson Center, we have nothing, including a school. We don't have Jones Commercial High School, right. uh, Jones High School named for them. Um, I, I think it would be these are people who fought against slavery, uh, who who helped, as I said, recruit people to fight in the Civil War when Illinois didn't even have a regiment. What Christopher Reed says is that um, the recruitment that was going on here for black men to join the Massachusetts regiment that people know of from the movie Glory so embarrassed the governor of Illinois that the governor of Illinois said, "Okay, I'll I'll set up a black regiment as well. Well, I'm super glad you did the story. That's Crane Chicago Business residential real estate reporter Dennis Rodkin. If you've got a building that you want him to investigate, remember our number is 888-915-9945. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks, Sasha. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.